Because uh, I wanted. I thought. Wanted. I, wanted. Wanted. Get alive. I can't believe yeah. this movie had crab fishing. Dogs. They're coming. They're coming your way. They'll be here soon. All right. On a steel horse I ride. I, I think that we already... No, I think we already got that one. Whoa, we, we, got that. No, no, we, we did. We got that. It, it's good. First try is good. We've got it. It's, it's okay. good already. Oh, okay. Already perfected. Don't worry about it. No extra time needed. Well... Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Uh, this is Rough Cuts. I'm Boix. Uh, that was Ilion. Hello. And we have special guest, Zach. Howdy how. Uh, welcome back to our Scooby-Doo podcast. <laughs> I noticed that you mentioned spe- special guest and not friend, because yeah. no friends are allowed on this podcast. We wouldn't be that mean to a friend. <laughs> Actually, Zach, you found a review of this on Rotten Tomatoes. I sure we did. Started. So did you. <laughs> yeah, we both found good reviews. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, let me read what I found. Let me. Where did I? Where did I post it? You could pass on both Scooby Doo films unless you have re- have really nothing else to do that day, and I mean nothing. Yeah, literally nothing. <laughs> the call-out is so real. And also from yes. uh, Roper, from Ebert and Roper fame, uh, it's a terrible movie, the laughs aren't there, the stunts are stupid, and there's no plot whatsoever. But, yeah, fair. I mean, that's not entirely true. There is a plot, it just could be resolved in five minutes. And well, it I... mostly is. The rest yeah. of the movie is just filler. <laughs> like, yeah... This movie, so James Gunn wrote this, and the director of Show Dogs, The Smurfs, and Beverly Hills Chihuahua <laughs> directed it. Two Again. people of equal caliber. Yeah. And the first movie was just like, wild James Gunn, let's just fucking do whatever with Scooby-Doo, I don't care. And this one yeah. feels like, uh, let's make it more of the cartoon. Yeah, let's restrain Mr. Gunn a little. He's He's gone too crazy. We have to rein him back in. Too much horny. I, there was, there was, I was going to say, don't restrain hmm. Mr. Gunn too much because he likes that. There was tell. a good bit of horny still. We, we kept the horny counter and a buffy counter, just like the first movie. And I have the tally on both of those, but I might save that tally for the end. The tally of the buffy counter is just very simply every scene where Daphne shows up. <laughs> every scene that Sarah Michelle Gellar's in. Uh, yes. Literally every scene that she's in is a buffy scene. Uh, she is never anything but buffy. And I'm, this is not a call out on Sarah Michelle Gellar, by the way. Like, not at all. Um, no. Th- this is direction. I'm sure she was, they were like, okay, you know that buffy girl? You play play, play that. Do, do the buffy thing. Do, yeah, do, do buffy. buffy. We don't yeah. need to do your body. She's to very do good character. at doing it. She's very good at doing it. Yeah. No, it and honestly, it's a good bit. I I I appreciate the fact that they just are like, no, 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 she's just buffy. Like just just have her be buffy. She's a hundred percent buffy. Like they make fun of her for being like 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 a valley girl, right, in the movie. That like, part doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. Right, uh, yeah, yeah, right. This is this is my point. And it doesn't make any goddamn sense because like every time you see all. her, she's like karate chopping yeah yeah they talk about like oh she's got like go-go boots and like oh she's just the pretty one and then there's a scene where a 12 foot animated uh like 
pile of armor, like this massive metal man is swinging like a 10 foot sword at her. And she's just blocking them with one hand with like an axe, like on her own. Tiny, tiny little Sarah Michelle Gellar. And it's like, okay, this is not Daphne. This is Buffy. Daphne can't do this. Again, all the Buffy scenes are fucking great. Every single one of them. Mm -hmm. Like, you could do a super cut of just all the Buffy scenes and it would be mm, good stuff. It works really well, yeah. Yeah. it's She does a good job of it. Yeah, it's not really a complaint on what she does or that that's a good bit. It's just funny, like Zach was saying, that then they also try to have their cake and eat it too by having her be like valley girl oh i'm just a ditz i don't know what i'm doing and it's like that no you can't do both that doesn't yeah you you can't that doesn't go both ways like you can't be like show someone in like an action scene and be like oh you're just like a a a looks just for looks Mm -hmm. yeah so before we started the movie i had two predictions based on the first movie uh, one is that there would be a extended fart scene or some sort of a fart scene that was worse than the first one in some way. And the first one had a 30 second fart scene, <laughs> literally 30 seconds of let's just do fart jokes nice. unedited. Okay. <clears throat> the second thing that I, uh, predicted was that there would be some sort of a body swap scene again. Because James Gunn is very horny for that, and that's his yes, specifically, specifically not just a body swap scene though, but like a horny body swap, scene. very like, horny for no reason. Yes, yes. Like you were right on both mm, counts. Yeah, I was right on both. <laughs> I was right on both. I'm you were right I'm on not, both counts. Not saying I'm a dog movie prophet, but the paychecks you know there. I'm just. I, I want to say I also predicted there was going to be a makeover scene for Velma, and that one also panned out. There was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you've got to have hot Velma because everybody thinks that Velma's hot now, so now you have to make her conventionally attractive, which is <laughs> actually Sarah Palin, as it turns out. Oh my god, why is she Sarah Palin in this she movie? She looks for so like much like weird scene. dominatrix I Sarah Palin. It. I, mm, mm, don't, do not put that image in my head. You it's do not late. do it's that. There. <laughs> dominatrix Sarah Palin. Yeah, Every time you see like this it. movie again, you'll you'll think it. Yep, not a fan of that. Not a fan of that. Mm-mm. James nope. Gunn is, though, nope, nope, because, nope. boy, he sure likes writing Velma that way. I'm also not a fan of them trying to make Seth Green a romantic interest, but that's another <laughs> Whoa, whole bag okay, of... <laughs> more than just having Seth Green be the romantic interest, having Seth Green walk onto the scene and, like, they'd go into slow motion and he's, like, throwing back his luxurious hair and stuff, and they're like, wow, look at how electric seth green is and it's like okay listen i don't (laughs) seth green but i don't know that i would is seth green just suddenly what women want because i don't think that seth green is necessarily what they don't want but it doesn't seem like he's the star-stopping stud that they're kind of making out here no but seth green is what james gunn wants so. Mm, fair. And what James That's Gunn wants, he probably oh, James gets. Gunn wants, James Gunn gets. gets. James oh God, I hate it. James Gunn, <laughs> Scooby Doo Two, untitled, untitled horny movie. So, I guess we could talk about the movie a little bit rather than just. You know about. There's the not movie. a lot of movie to talk about. Well, well that's, that's the that's, problem. That's, yeah. yeah, it's it's weird because there are scenes, but like. It feels like they just meander on and off the screen, and there's not really a connecting force to them. 
by far the most accurate review was uh, Roper saying, "There's no plot." Yeah, yeah. There's no plot. There, it just doesn't exist. This movie. When I was doing do commentary it. for like watching the movie, I was just like, I just found myself staring at the movie. Like, what do I say? There's just nothing. Ha- it feels like there's nothing happening. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's. It is a bunch of loosely connected gags. It's almost like robot chicken as <laughs> like Scooby Doo. It could there's be, no yeah. real through line for most of it. It just kind of jumps to the next bit. Yeah, like there's a couple yeah. of like scenes that are I would describe as winners. But yes. like Oh yeah. Oh, the individual scenes can be good. Like that that that's right. not the point. It's just that like as a movie though, as a piece of coherent media, it doesn't not. work because it just doesn't it doesn't go as a movie. It doesn't movie. <laughs> There's no movie. <laughs> like it. You don't feel the bad guy is a bad guy. You don't really care that the bad guy is a bad guy. You don't really care that the good guys are good guys. Well, like there's no arc, really. No, but you do care about the dance sequences. You care about True. the dance sequences. <laughs> <laughs> but like, for, as an example, like as a yeah. good example, like we have Seth Green as the love interest for specifically um, Velma. Yeah, because I, and I, I mean, maybe that was kind of as you had said before. Maybe that was the joke is they specifically got Seth Green as like the not traditional hunk because Velma would be more into that. Like he's more nerdy. Um, but anyway, he shows up in that scene where he like walks through the crowd and she sees him and she's like, "Wow, he's so dreamy." Then he doesn't show up for thirty minutes. Yep. We see him yelling at somebody outside as an employee and talking with Shaggy. Then he doesn't show up for another 30 minutes, and they think he shows up to rescue Velma when she thought that he was the bad guy. And then they have the romantic scene at the end of the movie. And it's like, but they didn't do any, like, they didn't adventure together. Like, they didn't have a moment where she was like, oh, I kind of like you. Like, there's nothing. It's just kind of, she sees him, and he knows that she likes him, and that's that's it. That's the romance. They know each other. Okay, there we go. Done. It like, it feels like it was written by an alien who doesn't understand human. Holy fuck! It's James Gunn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> James Gunn. Oh, shit. Aliens. James Gunn it. did it again. I yeah, knew it. But it just doesn't go anywhere, right? Like it doesn't. It no, doesn't it's start anywhere. On. Like the start of it. The start of it isn't something that he did. It's just that he's hot walking across the room, and then there's no arc for their relationship or for him. There's no like moment where, like she. I, there's a brief moment, I guess, where she confronts him and she's like, oh, you're the bad guy, but it, it, there's no build-up to it. Like, there's no yeah. relationship to lean on at that point. And so, like, that whole twist of he's not actually the bad guy and he really is the love interest and stuff, it, it doesn't pay off in any way because there's no time spent in it. There's no care or attention or anything about these characters that make us care. Yeah, it also just goes directly from her being like, I'm a shy girl who doesn't yeah. understand my feelings and mm-hmm. it just 180s into like i love you basically Wait, mm-hmm. 180s into i want to bone seth green <laughs> oh. all right so Which... i guess <laughs> you know who doesn't really i mean hey seth green if you're listening to the podcast i'm hey, i'm available hit us up <laughs> i can get a pass i'm sure <laughs> tanya can i get a pass on seth green oh god <laughs> What a question to ask. He's asking his wife. Tanya. Tanya. Oh, God. Tanya. This this isn't a bit. He's doing this. Can can I get a pass on Seth Green? Can you come up here? I I need need to know. 
I can't. Let me just drink some water and spit it out. Can I can I get a pass on Seth Green? Yeah, can I can I have Seth Green as a freebie? Uh, I I hurt. Yeah, okay. I heard sure. I heard right, sure. He is Joker. That, that's good. Good point. All right. Okay. I am good to go. Okay, good. Phew. Alright, well that I am glad that we got that resolved. Because man, that was weighing on me. It's an important thing for our podcast listeners to know. <laughs> Alright. So uh But I get Buffy. <laughs> Damn it, I wanted Buffy. You got the shit end of the stick there, Fred. Damn it. <laughs> oh man, you're, you're stuck with Matthew. All, all I'm gonna get is like Scooby Doo dressed in a in a dress. <laughs> Oh, oh man, Scoot, I mean, listen, honestly, though, it, Matthew Lillard might be the real win from this movie. Matthew Lillard yeah. is the one that really makes these. I, I, I would say any scene that's pretty much just Matthew Lillard is one yeah. of the better scenes. But unfortunately, that's not even really true. No. Yeah, they, so they, they wrote Shaggy and Scooby way dumber for this movie to the point where, like, I like the scenes with Matthew Lillard because he's good at playing Shaggy. But Shaggy's so fucking stupid in this movie, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. <laughs> it's really unfortunate what they do with that, because it seems like there's something that they could go off of. Like, he does such a good Shaggy, but then the Shaggy they wrote is so miserable that it's not fun. Yeah, yeah. not to, like, explain the joke of the movie, but, like, like all of the mystery gang... Goes goes through some kind of existential crisis. Yes, like like Fred. They think you know Fred thinks he's a wimp, and like uh, Velma's unsure of herself, and like Daphne thinks, oh, I'm just a pretty face, and like all all five characters go through some kind of like ridiculous existential crisis that is completely unnecessary. Yes. Yes. Yeah. One of the big problems is that they have those <clears> moments. <throat> Is sandwiched in between Scooby-Doo farting hard enough to uh, send back the fire breathing from a weird monster guy. Monster, well, minor forty nine. Okay, he didn't fart hard enough. He farted so much gas that it lit from the fire from the minor forty ers mouth that then created an explosion that knocked him back. It's not because he farted hard. It's just that there was a extreme amount of volume of farting gas which lasted for almost as long as me explaining the joke <sighs> god I damn just, it this i all right I, should we go over the plot of the movie like what happens in i it, implore I you to do so <laughs> so yeah there's there's technically three smaller plots really there's the plot of velma's love interest and velma getting a date which, which we've already done the yes. entirety of. That's like, that the, is literally that's the every plot. scene of it. Yeah. There's the plot of the news, uh, the fake news media, reporting oh. on Mystery Inc. in a unflattering way to get the town against them. That aged so poorly. <laughs> Just, <laughs> like... It's not really this movie's fault that that aged no. as poorly as it did. I gotta admit, that's not really on them. And then yeah. there's the plot of the museum being robbed of the costumes of old villains from Scooby-Doo, uh, and then those monsters appearing later. So those are the three plots. Mm -hmm. So the movie just kind of shambles into one of them, 
at the beginning, which is the museum. Like some kind of weird Frankenstein monster. It has no idea how to start a movie, so it just shambles into a plot. It's like, hey, we're doing this now. Yep. You're welcome. Yeah, they just have a party at a museum and the plot just kind of drops on them. Yeah, so they're at the museum. There's the red carpet with the fake news media. I, I don't want to cancel Scooby Doo. I don't want to say that, but that's what's happening. The evil, and I hate just it. the evil reporter. It, it hurts it's me to say it as well, but I gotta say the it. The evil reporter is reporting on them being awful, but they're at the museum for the opening night of their exhibit about these evil villains that they've solved the crimes of in the past. Mm-hmm. And on the red carpet, every single person individually gets to see their own fan group. Uh, Fred gets to talk to the hot reporter who is totally into him. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more, say no more. Yeah, Fred's evil. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, I don't remember what Daphne's fan group was. I'm sure it was just a bunch of Buffy fans. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually whatever. remember the Daphne one. Uh, Velma got the Dinkley Brigade, which were wholesome as F. I, the Dinkley Brigade, like, I like this scene because it actually has some, it, it's good. It's got, like, a bunch of really, really dorky, like, Velmaites uh, as her big fan yeah. club. It feels very cartoony, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Shaggy and Scooby got the only weed reference in the movie. Yep. <laughs> it's their fan group. It's not, it can't be a weed reference. It's This is a family film. Yeah, they, Shaggy's, they get, Shaggy's group is a bunch of, as as the movie calls it, beatniks. Beatniks. <laughs> they, no, they can tell that they were their fan group because they smelt the cloud around them. That's literally oh God, how yeah, they knew. They did. But, but, but come on, James Gunn wouldn't do something like that. James Gunn wouldn't put a weed reference in our nice family film about a dog. That's just not okay. This James movie does. Gunn knows what's okay. This movie has significantly less not a weed references than the first movie. It, it really does, unfortunately. Like, that's to its detriment. Yeah. To its detriment, yeah. it has a yeah. lot less. But yeah, he very much smells like the pot coming off of them, and is like, "Oh man, I know these people. They're mine. They're my. They're my people, man." And then like, okay. the, to to top the joke off, Scooby's fan group is just dogs. That's true. It's true. Oh, right. of, yeah, I forgot about of, that. There's one of them wants there. him to uh, sniff their butt. Yeah, it's true. They're good dogs. Yeah, they're good dogs. God, so they, I, does that count as a horny moment? No, uh, I think uh, we decided. Well, I would no. debate that it doesn't, but you could argue either way, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to go either way on this. <laughs> Just, Anyway. So, so they go into the museum, they're having a party and talking about each of the exhibits and the costumes, and then uh, the hot date scene thing pops up with Seth, whatever. So after that, the silver skull appears, and a pterodactyl suit comes alive and starts terrorizing the museum. And the silver skull's like, you're all gonna fucking die! <laughs> <laughs> you're all a bunch of idiots and I'm gonna murder you. This is a, one of the big yeah. Buffy moments, though. This is kind of, like, one of the most Buffy moments, actually. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Because uh, they go to tie up. They have a big, like, cartoon-esque chase scene where they're trying to wrap up the pterodactyl in various ways to catch it. And Shaggy and Scooby end up attached by ropes to the pterodactyl because it's too strong kind of thing. They screwed up and gets away. And Daphne, as the destruction's going on, 
a sword like flies through the air off one of the statues. She grabs it in midair and does like a 20 foot flying leap to slice through the cord and save Shaggy and Scooby. And it's just, yeah, it's like a superhero landing, the whole thing. That's great. <laughs> it It's really not subtle at all how much they make her Buffy. And honestly, again, it, that's one of the few things this movie really nails. When it goes into the cartoony shit, I think that that's where this movie's actually good. Yeah, I agree. So after the fallout of that, they find a uh, scale from the now alive pterodactyl suit. And what does Daphne say about it? Uh, Do you not remember? She like analyze it. Daphne? I thought yes. Velma looks at uh, it. Velma, that's says, what I meant, sorry. sorry. Yeah, I it's an Velma. original pterodactyl scale. Yeah, it's, she, she yeah. sent it to the lab and she goes, oh my god, it's a real pterodactyl. We tested it. And it's like, wait, against yeah. what? <laughs> and, and it's, but do you want to tell me what material it's made out of? It's made out of randomonium. It's made out of randomonium. <laughs> okay, and that's the other thing. How can it be made out of randomonium and be a real pterodactyl? Yeah. I just, God, it's... I, I don't know that I hate it. It's just kind of amazing. So during all this, they also go through, like, a random plot dump of a mad scientist that tried to turn monsters real, but got sent to Alcatraz after the gang caught him, and then he tried to escape and jumped into the water, and they never saw him again. Mm-hmm. That'll be important later. Whatever. So they they start to think that it's old man... God, what's his name? Starts with a Jenkins? W. Whalen? It was Wickles. It's something Wickles? Wickles? I'm yeah, it's Wickles because sure I thought I thought they kept singing Wiggles every time. Old yeah, man Wiggles it sounds very much like Wiggles. <laughs> All right, so Old Man Wiggles has a mansion, a spooky, scary horror mansion uh, that he lives in. So the gang is like, "We know it's that guy because he used to be a monster until we caught him, but he's out again, and now he's doing this." Hey, listen, so, his character as the dad on Everybody Loves Raymond wasn't a monster. Do you, do you <laughs> take that back? That's true. <laughs> the real monster on Everybody Loves Raymond is obviously Ray Romano. Come on. So so they go to his mansion, they ring the doorbell, and they drop through a trap door into a hamster cage, which rolls down into this secret dungeon that also has two other hamster cages, one with a Girl Scout selling cookies, and one with a bunch of Mormons asking them if they would like to. <laughs> yes. Have you heard about the Lord? <laughs> oh, God. Which is a- actually a good bit. I like that yes. bit. Yeah, it's, it's like all the people he doesn't want thing. dealing with his, his uh, coming in. Yeah, it's anybody you would have knocked on his door. I love that. Well, and this, again, is kind of... So this raises the question for me, like... This is a very obvious cartoon bit, and it kind of works here. It's a little weird because it's real people, so you look at it and you're like, well, wouldn't they be worried about getting out? Like, it just, there's a layer there that doesn't quite work because it is real people. And for me, it raises the biggest problem with this style of movie. And that is, all right, all the cartoon parts work. Why is it not just a cartoon? Yes. Like, if they just made this a cartoon, this movie would be much better, right? Like, it would just work. There's a constant conflict of cartoon logic being cool and fun and interesting, and then immediately back to, oh shit, they might die. 
<laughs> that's yeah, like they're real rough. people, and it just mm. doesn't quite matter. And, and it does that both for like physical like stuff and like like the quote unquote emotional stuff. Yes. Like where it's like we're having an emotional you know talk, and then you know Scooby Doo are like you know you're we're so great we can deal with it, and then like two seconds later they're like in front of a, a ghost and it's like farting on them or something. Who knows? Or, or Scooby sniffing somebody's underwear. Or, yeah, that tonal whiplash back and forth is what just kills this and it it would be so easy for them to just do a cartoon with almost the exact same script and it to just work like it'd just be fine but there was a good buffy moment with the hamster wheel though yep yes oh yeah. like, like the, the cartoon stuff still works in real life it just it would work better if it was a cartoon because it's a cartoon logic like it it matches perfectly being a cartoon and them forcing it and squeezing it into live action yeah. is something that it doesn't ruin it entirely, but it does lessen it. So the gang escapes the hamster ball and lets the Girl Scout and Mormons out, those fools. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they unleash the evil <laughs> into this mansion. I love that they're just wandering around the mansion afterwards, too. Like, yeah. you just kind of see them, like, wandering in the background, and they're like, have you heard of the Lord? Have you heard of the Lord? And, like, yeah. it's really God good. It. God damn it. And, and the gang splits up to go search for clues. Yes. Now, the only clue they found was the ancient, wonderful, uh, what is it? I guess it's. I don't know, like an artifact, which is a record player that plays plays big butts. It plays big butts. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, oh, you're talking Baby about. Got back. Yeah, no, you're talking about the. Oh my god, now I can't. Remember. Gramophone. The gramophone that plays "Baby Got Back." That is yeah. a good scene. I stand by that scene. I hundred percent agree with you. Honestly, I I stand by yeah, that scene too. It's just out it's of nowhere. Out of nowhere, they're in this creepy mansion, and Scooby finds a gramophone, turns it on, and it's just baby got back. Like, that is the most Kung Pao shit I've ever seen. <laughs> it's really good. And there's, like, the... a big explosion noise when it bursts his head out. Like, he stuffs his head in the gramophone, and then it, like, rocks yeah. his head out. It's like... very dumb, but like we said, that's the parts that work in this movie. Uh, and then they run into the Black Knight ghost. Yeah. For, I think, the first time. Actually, so this is where that Buffy scene. Happens. Oh yeah, it Buffy is. Buffy is like with a halberd fighting against this knight with a sword, and it keeps cutting the halberd in half, and she just grabs both half. Is like, fuck you, I'm Buffy. But <laughs> but all all of this time, this is happening. Velma's yeah. like doing math. She's doing she's math just, in the background. She's reading a book and doing math. Yeah. What? <laughs> yes. That. But but she's doing math to 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 finish out this this fight scene by like. Revealing the quote-unquote weakness yes. of the Black yeah. Knight ghost, which is his junk. It's just his dick. Yeah, yeah it's his dick. dick. All it's you have to do is dick. kick a ghost in the dick. That's it. And Vel, uh, no, not Velma, sorry. Daphne does so. No, I think Velma like does, does, actually. Oh, does no, Velma no, no, do Daphne that? does. Daphne does. Oh, no, 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 you're right. No, I'm you're pretty right. sure Velma it's Velma. And does it. Velma's right. like, Velma I'm doing through. science stuff and math, and, oh, it's his dick. Kick. Oh, fuck, I actually <laughs> kicked my table. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> like, this is the only movie where Velma kicks a guy on the dick. Well. Only. Uh, well, 
There might be other movies. The only not AAA. James Gunn. (laughs) It feels like James Gunn should have wrote the porn parody of this also, right? Like... Wait, did he also write maybe, the porn parody? Maybe he this did. He might have. He might have. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, this is this movie is less of a porn parody of Scooby Doo than the previous movie I felt was a porn parody of Scooby Doo. Right. Yes. But the scene after this does have Sarah Palin, latex Velma, saying, "Who's your mommy?" So uh... it's not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Respond to that, but that is entirely correct. And it no, just... that's true. Yeah, that's not. No. That's a hundred percent true. That's literally, her first line when she comes out is, "Do you want to call me mommy or something?" Uh, I think it, I'm pretty sure it's mommy? "Who's your mommy?" She does oh, like a sexy pose. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So while uh, Scooby and Shaggy were investigating the mansion, they found a post-it note that literally said. Faux ghost tonight. But tonight with an, like, like no. it's a marquee. T-O-N-I-T-E. <laughs> yeah, tonight. As in, yes. tonight. But what day was this written? Mm, mm, no idea. I, Irrelevant. Yeah. It says tonight. Tonight. So obviously tonight. Like, you know, duh. Notes are only good for a day, boyks. You Especially if they're on a post-it. Do you, wait, do you keep post-it notes for more than a day? I have a post-it note on my work monitor that tells me, like, that reminds me to do something. And it's been on there for, like, two years. And I never, oh, you, never remember. Oh, you can't do that. So, that, that can be yeah. deadly. They, they release toxins after a while. You gotta, yeah. you gotta be careful about that. Okay. Remember to eat your post-it notes. <laughs> yeah, yummy. yeah, yeah. Finish them off. You don't, post-it yeah. notes, note waste is a real big problem. So the faux ghost is apparently some random bar where ex-villains go to throw darts at pictures of the mystery gang and also dance. And, like, talk about crime, I guess. And talk about crime. So Shaggy and Scooby decide to go to the bar because they're going to be cool detectives like the rest of the group. But they need to disguise themselves. So they disguise themselves in the only way possible. And Zach, how did they... How did they well, do that? Well, if I were to describe how they disguised themselves, I would have to say that uh, Shaggy disguised himself like a pimp. Yes. And Scooby-Doo disguised himself straight out of a 1970s black exploitation film. Yes. <laughs> I take umbrage to this because I don't think that... I think that we determined that uh, Shaggy did not dress himself up as a pimp. I believe that the correct term that we came up with was Pimpercon. So Pimpercon, I just yeah. Need oh, to... yes. I'm sorry. I forgot the lore. <laughs> you're, you're correct. Because Pimpercon feels like it fits much better for what Shaggy actually goes in. <laughs> it's... Uh, a pimp suit, but with a little Irish flair. <laughs> yes. Like, if you don't pay him a pot Especially of gold... The Irish. If you don't pay him a pot of gold, he'll fucking slap you. Is that how this is? Oh, I don't and, like and, that. And, and I, that I hate right. that joke. I hate that joke, but that's where it is. Like, it is kind of on that line, yeah. It, it's... He's like in a green suit with a green hat with a little like gold buckle on it, like a leprechaun and a big floral shirt. But don't forget, he also has a chain. gold tooth. Yeah, he has a gold tooth. They went so far on this. Oh, I fucking missed that. I I may not have been paying attention to the movie at this point. <laughs> it's it's a very small detail, and I yeah. happened to just like zone in on it, and I was like, he has a gold tooth, doesn't he? 
Well, he takes yeah, it out totally too. Yeah, he he's does like, take hey, it look. out. When he's like, "Hey, what what do you think about the mystery gang and how they saved you?" Takes out Gold Tooth. Like, come on. Oh, like, he took off his hat and stuff too. Yeah. yeah so, what an idiot. Okay, so they find the old man Winkle or Wickles, Wickles. Sorry, old man Wickles in there. Yeah. And uh, he's like, "Oh yeah, I mean, uh, this is I've kind of turned my life around and stuff and do, been doing different things or whatever and." So then Shaggy's like, oh, so you, you probably don't hate the Mystery Gang. You probably like them for helping you turn your life around and realizing what it was like to be a criminal. And he goes, no, I'd fucking squeeze their eyes out of the back of their head. I'd skull fuck them to death, the little fucker. <laughs> oh, off Jesus. And like, oh, Shaggy God. just is like kind of oh, trying to put back in all of his disguise, which yeah. I, was actually a really good moment. Like it was very well done. Um, I can't know. I don't know the name of the actor for here. It is the dad on Everybody Loves Raymond. I don't know his name. Yeah, I don't but know his name. Um, he he's very good. Like he does a good job of of pulling that off. He's not in the movie much, but he he does a good old man Wickles here. And it the play between Matthew Lillard and him is is very solid. Like it's a very good trope, right? Of that. Yeah. Whole, like oh yeah, no, like oh it it turns out that we'd be friends, and it's like no 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 no. no. <laughs> In the meantime, Scooby-Doo is on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah, so so Shaggy goes to the bathroom. He's like, don't do anything inconspicuous while I'm in the bathroom. Cut to the next scene. <laughs> yeah, it's just Scooby on the dance floor doing a dance number for literally no reason other than to pad the movie. Yeah, in his afro and like floral print shirt that's down to his belly button and stuff because of course you gotta have that i don't know these movies are kind of what time period are these movies supposed to be in by the way uh well the scooby gang has like a 70s aesthetic always yes yeah Yeah. because they keep the 70s aesthetic for the gang but everything else moves normally right are they just timeless does the scooby gang not age I'm pretty sure they don't age, yeah. Yeah. Like, that kind of feels like it's what it's going for, right? Like, that they're just in the 70s, but everybody else is in, like, the early 2000s. It's really weird as a feel for the movie, just in general. I just had to think about that, because it's very strange how it handles that. So, after that scene, though, they decide to go after old man uh, Wiggles... I yes. don't. I really don't like the mouthfeel the of this Wickle's guy's name. name. Is yeah, not a storied one. <laughs> no. So they go after him in his mining company building that he has, uh, which he wants to turn into a theme park. And they they sneak up on him like, oh shit, he's talking to the bad guys. And they go in. And it's like, oh no, it was just just the theme park. I was doing a pitch. I was doing a pitch. You fuckers. I was on Shark Tank. So are the Scooby gangs actually the villains and destroy old man Wickle's dreams? Yes. And then Shaggy and Scooby go off on their own and they find a laboratory in like the basement of the mining company building, which has a bunch of random vials of colored liquids that of course they drink because they're dumb as hell and they're in a fridge. Fuck, I forgot this scene happens. I didn't. Why yeah. did this scene happen? Like, okay, but it's in the bottom of the mining. I don't thing, know. It, but he's not the bad guy. So why does he have a weird secret lab full of this shit? 
I don't know. It's convenient so that they could have the weird sexy scene where it's shaggy. Matthew Lillard specifically's head on top of a woman's body very awkwardly green screened. So that you can talk about boobs. Yeah. Um, Why are you getting all the pervert scenes right? I just... (laughs) It's James Gunn. <laughs> how did you, how I, did you know all of the specific perversions that James Gunn would go I for? I don't know. It's James Gunn. <laughs> Look, Disney looked at this man and was like, yes, I want him for our movie. And then somebody told them about James Gunn. They're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. Oh, We've already James hired Gunn. him. <laughs> like, like they, they didn't know. How did they not know? Have they seen a James Gunn movie? <laughs> No, obviously not. You obviously have seen all of the James Gunn movies because you nailed every weird perversion that that man's into. Oh my god. Uh. (sighs) Okay, so then then Shaggy turns into a strong man instead, who's dumb as hell. And Scooby turns into Einstein, who can now talk, like, normal. You skipped over over what the exact perversion was, though, I think. No, he said it. You, the, the, the sex change? Okay, sorry. Yeah, we said the yeah, sex change. Yeah, we had sexy change. Do you want to talk yeah. more about the sex change? We can... I mean, it <laughs> I seems don't. like it's something that the movie cares about more than most other things. It spent time just sandwiching it in here for no reason, so... <laughs> I don't I don't really want to think about a sexy Matthew Lillard in that way. <laughs> I don't... That's not my fetish. Like, I'm good. In which way would you like to think of sexy Matthew Lillard? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, you said in you said in that way. I'm just uh, wh- which way would you like? We can we can go in a different direction. Well, we did go in a different direction, right? There's also buff Matthew Lillard. Is that more <laughs> your speed? Yeah, that's that's fair. It doesn't doesn't immediately give both sides of the coin a chance to to weigh in here. When, when did this episode become about roasting me? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> this is some bullshit. I You're the one re-roll. that suggested this. This is your fault that I had to watch Scooby Doo too. So I'm want, blaming you. I want a refund. I refuse. I also want a refund. Give me back my three hours this morning. <laughs> I spent four dollars on this. Uh, boy that sucks (laughs) (laughs) so they turn themselves back but in doing so they break open a vault which has ancient alien writing on it that Velma can just read for no reason yep not explained not explained I hate that I hate that so much it's so easy for her to look at it and go wow that's ancient Sumerian text this is what it reads but she just looks at it and she goes Oh, this says this, and it's like, wait, what? How can she? What? But why? Why did they even need to put it in that text? It's. It's not like. It was made by some guy who just speaks English. He could just write it in English. Why is he doing this? There's no reason. Yeah, that's a good point it, too. There's I mean, actual no point. Just, like fancy old cursive or something to make it still spooky, like. <sighs> Anyway. So so they break into that room, and that's where a machine is with all these stolen uh, villain costumes. And the randomonium, the, the randomonium-powered machine. It kills me every time I hear randomonium. Randomonium. Oh, uh-huh. the randomonium. Well, anyway, so they find a the big disc MacGuffin, Shaggy and Scooby, 
fuck up for a while and they have like let all the monsters out, which I guess is actually important because of the monsters for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Although, well, I don't they know why let them the out. Bad guy didn't release them, but whatever. Well, they let them out by playing Simon Says and then making a rat beat out of it. Yep. So yeah, on the weird keyboard MacGuffin, and then they rip it off, and Velma goes, "Ah, oh, this is exactly what I'll need to destroy them." Okay. Did you ever know why that's exactly what she needed to destroy them? Because it was convenient to the plot. Okay. Doesn't like, the does, bad guy no, say, I need yeah. that? No. Well, he says, I want yes, it back. He does. He gets yeah. mad. He's like, oh, that's the control unit or something. But I. There's no explanation for how any of this works. And I am a big fan of not over explaining things in movies, especially movies that, like, this is going to be a dumb plot no matter what. It's Scooby-Doo. Like, we mm-hmm. get it. It doesn't need to be... It doesn't need to go deep into things. You don't need to know about the midichlorians. But it doesn't explain anything. <laughs> like, none of it. Not even a little. It doesn't do the basic setup of a plot. Like, there's no stakes as for what this thing is or matters. Because, like, somebody just says, Oh, I, I think I can use that to win. And you go, Okay, I guess. Like, it doesn't... It doesn't impart any weight upon it. Like... She doesn't look at it ref- like with reverence and go, "Oh my God, it's this ancient artifact that everybody thought was lost." Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's not some build up to it. There's not something that makes it feel like it matters. It's just like, "Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I, th- I think I can use that." And you're like, "All right, why? Why does she think she can use that? Why does it matter?" <laughs> there's no explanation. It kind of feels like things just happen because this is they a have lot to. Of things happen in the movie. Yeah. So, yeah. So after that, they steal the MacGuffin, and the monsters have been unleashed on Coolsville to try and find the Mystery Gang and kill them. So is that the... canonical for Scooby? Sorry, I just Coolsville. Coolsville yeah, canonical? yeah, it, it is Coolsville. Okay. It's so. canonically yeah. Coolsville. Huh. Yeah. Huh. What, what kind of a what kind of a loser are you? You don't even know about Coolsville. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> Doesn't know about Coolsville. <laughs> Next he's going to tell us he doesn't know Scooby's name is Scoobert. Yeah, what a loser. Oh, no, no, no. I know all about Scoobert Dubert. It talks specifically about <laughs> Scoobert Dubert in this movie. I'm yeah. very glad that James Gunn, uh, like, if there's one thing, James Gunn does know the source material. He brings in Scra- Scrappy. He does the deep cuts of, like, Scoobert Dubert. He does he all of them. He didn't bring in Howdy Do, like I thought, though. Mm, Howdy Do is a fucking deep, deep cut. <laughs> God. Okay, Make so, Howdy Do the West Coast version of Scooby Doo and be the villain. Yeah. Oh God, they could make Howdy Do a hipster, and I would hate it. So they they go into hiding into their old high school uh, clubhouse in the woods. It's a cabin in the woods, but it's not cabin in the woods because that's a better movie. <laughs> and and in the cabin in the woods, they have a flashback to you get what you give. In the most early 2000s bullshit ever, <laughs> with, like, young versions of themselves playing in a park, and it's actually kind of great. Yeah, that yes. seems actually pretty good. I'm sure yeah. that that was, like, that felt purposefully leaned into for how much it was, like, goofy melodrama. Mm-hmm. Which, which is good. Like, they, it's nice when it leans into some of those things. It just doesn't do it enough. And it there just wasn't enough of a plot for this movie, either. It just feels so loosely connected some of these individual scenes are great but the movie as a whole doesn't connect well 
Speaking of individual scenes, the the next scene, oh, the next scene almost gets me. It's hard for me yes. to even describe. Go ahead. Is this the motorcycle? This no. Well, the motorcycle scene is a good scene. No, yeah. I'm talking about like she, she's like, how do I solve this thing? If only some miraculous solution can come to me. Oh, oh look, yeah, miraculous oh, solution God. comes to me. No, I hate that. I there's, hate that. There's shit. literally one second between the two. Yeah, yeah. That, you that's cannot, what I mean. I, oh, I hate when movies are like, oh, it would be really stupid. Do you notice how, like, do you notice how Scooby-Doo, how it always just has, like, a deus ex machina kind of thing, where something something just happens and it resolves the whole plot? Like, for example, if I were to look at this thing and see that it's exactly the thing that we need. Oh, look, it's exactly the thing that we need. Oh, I did it. Do you see it? Do you see what I did there? I it's not that. good writing oh, I hate it. at all, yeah. It hurt me internally. Uh, yeah. It does lead into one of the better scenes, though, because after they escape a monster, which is trying to get them at the lake Cabin in the Woods, but not Cabin in the Woods because that's a better movie, they go back to the minor 49er uh, building, and they're like, all right, now that we fixed it with our MacGuffin thing that fixes MacGuffins, we need to shut off the machine and kill all the monsters. So let's go back and let's do it. And they, they meet monsters individually and get split up one by one to each deal with a monster on the way back. And the first one is the Black Knight ghost again. And Freddy fucking takes him on in the coolest goddamn way possible. I'll this is the... This scene is absolutely This is the best scene and this is the best scene in the whole movie. It's the latex luchador scene from the first movie, but better. This is much better than that. Holy shit. So I'm taking it. Uh, yeah. Shaggy, uh, sorry, not Shaggy. Um, Fred is outside, and he's like, "I've got this one," and he just wanders over to a convenient motorcycle that he just knows is there, and like uncovers it. The knight's now on this big horse, and he grabs a random giant piece of plumbing. Like there's like a yeah. big pipe there, and he attaches it to the motorcycle and has a motorcycle versus horse joust with the big monster knight well bon jovi blares in the background and it fucking rules it's so dumb that it's amazing fred trying to just be like this super badass on a motorcycle jousting adventure is very strong my my favorite thing about the scene was that as soon as wanted dead or alive starts playing boix is Mm -hmm. like oh no Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't you, do this. Yeah, they didn't even show the motorcycle yet. Like, they just started playing it, and you're like, oh, he's gonna find a motorcycle. <laughs> Two seconds later, there he is. And, like, yeah, I'm so down for that. It, it leans into it so hard, how ridiculous the, it is. The steel horse he rides. It's yeah. so literal in the dumbest way. And I, I hate love it. I hate love it. <laughs> I love love. You were so mad when it came up. We were so Zach and I were just having a blast. This, this is the best. Super angry. It's the only fun the movie really like has at that level. Yes. And yeah, once I once I came around, it was good. You guys take the long way around. I'm gonna go die. I'll hold him off. Wait, no, you can't play this song. No. Come on. 
No. No. You can't do this. I'm afraid of. Are they playing? I think he's ahead of us. Oh, this song. Uh, what? Dead or alive? Why is I know, but you can't. Why is he getting on a? How did he know the motorcycle is there? Yeah. What is he's happening? A, he's riding a steel horse. I hate this. On a steel I... horse, I ride. This is the best. <laughs> the ascot. Are you kidding me? No, this is amazing. This is this is great. This is actually this is amazing. This is the best thing that's happened. Shut up, boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're you're overruled. This is amazing. This is the dumbest shit. <laughs> it fucking rules. Yes, thank you. I'm glad you're coming around. Yeah, you get it, man. Now you understand. It's the dumbest shit. It's perfect. I wish that the whole movie was infused with that energy, right? Like if it was just oh, yeah, that for ridiculous, sure. the movie would be great. It it needed to be either i don't know like it feels like it needs to either go way hard the other direction I, I don't know that there's even a way to go there like way more realistic or something or actually just straight up hey let's be as goofy as possible and full cartoon the whole time but this movie is way less ridiculous than the first one for sure but only like this one doesn't have you know like their souls getting sucked out and fucking sugar ray vampires out of nowhere but it does have this goddamn jousting scene it does have the jousting scene i think this is probably my favorite scene between both of the films although we haven't seen the first scooby-doo in a while so uh buffy uh sorry daphne has her moment after that where she fights a electricity monster and she's like all right i'm gonna kung fu this shit she jumps right into it and it it's made of electricity and fucking shoots her a million miles away. Like, of course. <laughs> yeah. Kung yeah, Fu ain't gonna work there. Just, just gets her. Uh, and then, yeah, she falls next to Fred. Uh, Fred is doing with his toxic masculinity bullshit. And Daphne's like, no, yeah, you're not a wimp. You're just a human. You know, whatever. Get over it. Yeah, I actually really liked this. Uh, this is one of the only arcs that they have in the movie, and I I liked the idea of doing it this way, where Fred throughout it is like, oh, like what are you, a wimp, and is trying to be all all tough guy, and then yeah. the knight says that to him and is like, oh, like uh, what are you, like a wimp kind of thing? And he's like, no, like I'm just a sensitive guy. There's nothing wrong with that, and it that that was great. It also helps that as he's saying that, like, no, I'm just a sensitive guy. I'm allowed to be like that. He's on a motorcycle with a giant plumbing yeah, jousting instrument. Right. And he immediately afterwards fashions his ascot across his neck. Yeah, <laughs> like, so good. Uh, a badass so stare-down moment <laughs> before he charges. Yeah. So, I mean, that does kind of underscore the whole thing. But, it, you know. It, there's a there's a good moment there, and I, I like that arc of him realizing, like, oh, I don't have to be a toxic asshole to be a man. <laughs> so Velma takes on some skeleton monsters and gives the MacGuffin to Shaggy and Scooby because they need to do this, because they're the heroes, or whatever. And at that point, uh, Shaggy and Scooby run into the minor 49er, and then... Uh, after running away, they run into the cotton candy monster, which they devour in horrifying manner. They straight Luckily up fucking kill it. They 
they straight up fucking kill this thing alive. I'm just glad we didn't see on screen them doing that. Like it would have been a small bite at a time, just murdering this thing with torture. It is just awful. I hate it. Ugh. They Whoa. literally ate it alive. Covered in cotton candy viscera in the next scene going down yeah. an elevator Whoa. with big grins on their faces. Terrifying. The the strong energy of Shaggy in this movie. <laughs> Don't worry, that's not the only kill that uh They kill Scooby a ton Doo is going to get in this Holy movie. Shit. Scooby Doo Scooby Doo has quite the kill count in this film, and he's about to pop yeah. off in a minute. Because uh, the rest of the gang goes into the middle, like they they all kind of mm. meet up again um, at, at a point here where he he goes to use the control thing, and everybody kind of falls into the the main area, right? Like that's yes, yeah. And uh, then the silver mask comes back out again. The I, what did they call it? The figure again? The evil masked figure? What they said? Yeah, yeah. Uh, was the name of the villain. So the evil masked figure shows up and. Six all of the various monsters on them, and they're all having a, a gigantic fight scene, and they all start losing. The giant tar monster kind of grapples all of them slowly, and Scooby's the only one left. And he finds a magic fire extinguisher, because that's the only way that I can explain this. Because <laughs> that ain't how fire extinguishers work. But he uses it to judiciously murder. <laughs> Not only does he find a magic fire extinguisher that he uses to murder multiple monsters, he also skateboards on it and styles the shit out of them while doing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I said that as he backed up, I'm like, oh, man, Scooby-Doo's going to back up and do a gun and just end yeah, all just of these Yeah, just a shotgun things. and go blam, and blam, blam, blam. I wasn't wrong. <laughs> it just was, it was slightly more difficult than a shotgun. But that's what he does. He just fucks straight up murders all of them. <laughs> Yeah, oh in the most God. improbable way. Yeah. So the fire extinguisher, what it is, is it's a liquid nitrogen fire extinguisher, it's, it's, I guess? It's, what's it, what's the, the, the DC villain? It's, it's Mr. Freeze's gun. He uses Mr. Freeze's gun. Yeah, basically. Yes. Yeah. Freezes every enemy, and he does rad tricks while he's doing it. Like Boyk said, like he, he starts riding it like a snowboard because he's making all this ice. And for the tar monster in particular, the one that I remember the most about how they get it, is he starts freezing it, and then he kicks off the end valve and rockets it through its eye, shattering it instantly. Yes! <laughs> just just a straight-up murder. Just through its brain pan, killing it instantly as he jumps through with a big I grin. can't believe Scooby-Doo killed a man. Scooby-Doo can have little a murder as a treat, okay? Like, that's fine. The Scooby snacks were all murders. We just didn't know the whole time. So the Silver Skull slash Mass Figure, whatever, falls down a grate to the ground, and the group catches them, takes them outside to the waiting news crew and populace that now also doesn't think they suck, even though they did for most of the movie. And they're like, okay, who is it? Well, you see, it's actually, bah, 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 that's fucking news reporter. <laughs> it was the fake news all along. But wait, it's but not wait. just that. Bah, bah, it's also that fucking guy that escaped from prison. In a double reveal. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. Could you imagine if they had done something where, like, that mad scientist had been somebody that they had 
caught and interacted with at the start of the film. And so then there was like a buildup and a relationship and it mattered that that was revealed. Yeah. Like if he just shows up in one scene, he's like, Hey, I can make a pencil disappear. Yeah. (laughs) You know, something that matters. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's just a, who cares? Yeah. Whatever. I don't give a shit. I mean, it's a, it's one of those twists where the, the, the worst twists are ones that you cannot possibly have solved because they don't give you any information. And this is one of those. There's just, there's literally no way for you to have known that other than just a random guess, because there's no foreshadowing for it. There's no clues. There's no clever way to have solved that this is actually the villain. There's nothing there. It's just, oh yeah, there's the random guy that we referenced once or twice. I guess he actually lived from his prison escape. Yeah, Uh, it's like sketchy, but... So, then the movie then the movie ends uh, with Ruben from American Idol singing, you know, Shining Star. Because yep. that's that's a dated reference. Oh, oh boy! And then uh, we watched actually a little bit of the cutscenes because we're like, there has to be some context in these. Like they didn't, they had to have cut out all the shit James Gunn wanted to do, and just made this awful mess that's just like contextually lacking, and. Uh, there wasn't really any context in those cutscenes at all, actually. Just there wasn't anything. Uh, there was all. one. There was one scene where I was really sad they didn't keep it in the movie, and that yeah. was the setup at the museum of the monsters coming alive. So oh there yeah, was, like a little bit more build up to that, and some like idea of what was going on and the stakes that were happening. Like that, those two security guards are kind of wandering around and shocking each other on the carpet because they're bored and then the electric yeah. ghost like takes over their electricity and all the things come alive like that made more sense to the plot like it felt like it was a through line more than just the random shaggy shenanigans that they filled the movie with instead yeah imagine if they didn't have shaggy turning into a girl and instead had that scene for example, like or, or like that wholesome scene that they cut. The yeah, there was a really wholesome scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why would they cut that? Where there was uh, between Shaggy and Scooby, where they had like a big heart to heart and kind of the low point of the movie thing. I mean, it, that's a very big trope, but hey, it's it's Scooby Doo. You you kind of know what you're getting into. All right, so Zach, I have a question for you. Um, yeah, I kept tabs on horny moments and Buffy moments. Which do you think there were more of, and by Buffy how much? moments? More Buffy moments. Okay, Almost how certainly, much? there's more I Buffy moments. I very much disagree. How, how much do you? How much do you think then? How by, much do, by how, many how, Buffy how, moments how, do how, I think? How how much of a difference between Buffy and horny moments? Oh, I think there's like at least in either direction. There's at least ten. Hold up, I wanna. I want okay. to. I want to interrupt here because I feel that this is inaccurate. I just think that Zach is underestimating uh, what a pervert James Gunn is and (laughs) what a nasty man James Gunn is and therefore what constitutes as horny for James Gunn. Well, (laughs) I mean, to be fair, sometimes I think... To be fair, (laughs) I do sometimes think the Buffy movements double as horny moments, but maybe that's just me. That, well... Mm, I'm pretty sure it's also James Gunn. (laughs) Okay, so, so what do you think then? I, I think that it's I, I I feel that horny moments are ahead. Probably like oh boy, okay. Um I'm going to guess that there was a, about fifteen horny moments in this movie. Okay. 
so the count of Buffy moments was seven that we mm-hmm. agreed on. The count mm-hmm. of horny moments was eleven. There, there were four mm. more horny moments than Buffy. Wow. Moments. Yo, yeah, that is not at all a surprise to me. <laughs> not yeah. even vaguely. I'm actually well. Okay, the surprise for me is that it is as low as eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess. What, yeah. Go ahead. I was. I was. What, do you remember how many horny moments were in Scooby Doo One? Uh, I have notes. Let me find out. I gotta go back to the past. Back, back to the do. Okay, yeah, find some oh, of the, here we go. the here notes we go. you have for other movies. Uh, okay, so in the first horny... In the first horny movie. Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> first untitled movie. horny project. All right, in the first Scooby-Doo movie, there were nine Buffy moments to 15 horny moments. Uh, with a side count of 11 what moments. <laughs> and also yeah. seven weed references. Oh man, yeah, there was a lot more weed references in the first so, movie. Oh, yeah. So there was very the, little in this. The horny moment to Buffy moment, when compared to the first Scooby Doo movie, is less. They yeah, they cut less... us out of those those moments, and I feel I feel ripped off. This is far less horny. I can't believe I'm gonna say this, but I wanted more horny. I wanted more horny and I wanted more Buffy. I didn't I didn't I <laughs> I'm going to be the, the low voice and say I didn't need more horny moments. From I, I should I should have kept a what moment, because the, the what moments were not as shocking, but there were some, like the fart fire moment. What, yeah, that's a what. Why? why? Yeah. The, the latex Velma, that's probably a what. Pimp Shaggy, that's a what. I just want to bring up what the thing that you said very early yeah. on when we were watching this movie, which is just... The overall feel of this movie, it's super weird, right? That they gave yeah. James Gunn not one Scooby-Doo movie, but two Scooby-Doo movies. When it's so obvious that James Gunn just wants to be like, hey, so you know how much the Scooby-Dang suck shit, right? <laughs> like, how bad they are. Do you know how Scooby-Doo is just the fucking worst? Let me explain to you how bad Scooby-Doo is. It does come across that way. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just show these, as I said, as I said earlier, let's just show these beloved characters that everyone loves and just make you hate them. Yeah. What if we did that? Yeah. yeah, he just does his best to make them insufferable. And it's not even like an accidental thing. It's inside of the movie. They're kind of like, oh, yeah, like they're like that. They're kind of insufferable that way. And it's like, but that that sucks. <laughs> like That, that sucks yeah. that Fred is like this. Or that, you know, Scooby and Shaggy are so pathetic and obnoxious all the time that even the other characters just hate them. Like, that's kind of a plot point in this movie, and it never really gets resolved, right? Like, Scooby and Shaggy feel like they're not uh, part of the gang because the gang is like, God, they keep fucking everything up every time that we do one of these adventures, which is accurate. And they're like, oh, like, well, you know how they are. Like, they they can't be trusted and stuff. And then Scooby and Shaggy spend the rest of the movie being like, oh, we've we've got to be more like real detectives. And then they don't do anything with that. Like, they they spend the whole movie talking about that and trying to act like the rest of the gang is a bit. And then none of the gang, the rest of the gang doesn't address it. They don't ever say like guys like you are always welcome you're always part of the group there's no moment like that there's nothing there's no payoff it just they solve the mystery and scooby and shaggy still feel like they're bumbling buffoons out of the group 
total assholes because they are. And that's the movie. Like, that's just where it leaves it. Like, the only minor takeaway is they're like, I guess we're okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're just kind of like, well, I guess that we're just the goofballs. <laughs> that, that's not a resolution. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's, it's nothing. Whatever, yeah. Well, let's rate the dog, right? So, how are we going to rate Scooby? Um, I would rate Scooby-Doo a lighting his own fart out of 10. I just want to point out that Scooby-Doo does not crack the top five dogs in this film, and that's where I'm leaving it. <laughs> his, fan, his fan club of dogs is much better than he is. There, that's the end. What do you think, uh... Zach? I would I would give it um, on a steel horse I ride out of ten. <laughs> God. All right, we need to we need the to best rate the... boy in this film is actually <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. That's true. <laughs> we should rate the other dog though, which is Shaggy. Mm, that's oh true. yeah, that's true. I feel like Shaggy is worse in this movie than the last one, and I just don't. Oh, so much worse. I don't like the character as much, so I'm gonna have to give him a very low ten out of ten, and I feel bad yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, Shaggy's very likable in the first film and very not likable in this one. But he's still a good boy, so 10 out of 10. That makes sense. Yeah. I really wanted to give... I was really hoping to be able to give him like a, four ten, a 420 out of 10, but I can't even do that. <laughs> yeah, no, no they didn't even do that. That's the thing. They couldn't like, even they do it. I was just like disappointed. This time. So yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm just disappointed. Disappointed 10 out of 10. <laughs> Okay, good. Glad we're clear. Uh, well, thank you for showing up for another Scooby-Doo episode, Zach. Yeah, uh, it was fun. Th thank you for listening, everybody, to Rough Cuts. Uh, I'm sure there are other Scooby-Doo episodes we can do in the future. Scoob! Oh, yeah, we could definitely go into some animated stuff. Um, I know that there we actually got uh, some suggestions for films and TV shows and stuff. Uh, recently, which should be yeah. interesting. We might do a side thing of a TV show or two. Specifically, just that there was one called uh, Puchinski that was sent to us uh, that's a pilot for a cop dog, which yeah. feels appropriate since that's how we started this, <laughs> with a cop dog. There's also Gary Busey, Pet Judge. I, oh, that I'm sounds amazing. For, right? I need Gary Busey, Pet Judge in my life. Oh my oh god. god! The problem is, is that Gary Busey isn't going to be. See, I, I'm I'm imagining it in a Quigley way, in which it's Gary Busey, pet judge, like he's the judge, but also a he's pet. the judge, but, but I, also a pet. I, <laughs> yeah, I need to see Gary, Gary Busey in a well, cage again. But I think that they are not going to go in the way that I want them to. <laughs> Gary Busey does have a lot of experience doing pet play, so I think he'll he'll fit into that role well. Yeah, yeah, it, it would make perfect sense if they did it, but I don't know yeah. if they're brave enough to do it. I don't know if they're brave enough to give the people what they want. <laughs> Gary Busey has one mode. Gary Busey has one mode. That's that's very true of him, I would say. Just Gary Busey. Yeah. It's, he just goes straight into Gary Busey. Yeah. Well, yep. uh, that'll be it for this episode. Thank you for listening, everybody, and shouting us out, etc., etc. And we will catch you next time. Are we gonna get Sugar Ray Vampires again? Because I really need Sugar Ray Vampires in this movie. Looks like a bit of a fixer. Or better yet, 
special. Or a, a newfound glory cover song. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, come on, Sugar Ray is far too good for the sequel. What, yeah. what, like, second, what's the band underneath Sugar Ray? Alien <laughs> Ant Farm? Yeah. That's, that's okay, fair. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Nope. yeah. <laughs> Alright, fucking nailed it. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> <laughs>